Hello, good morning. This is Figuring Some Stuff Out. I'm Casey, and I'm figuring some stuff out. Uh, hey, let's jump right into it, guys. So, to tell you a little bit about my day yesterday, I went to uh, the veterans therapist yesterday. I uh, finally got, this, got into some therapy. Been wanting to do that for a while. As, as you guys know... Uh, so yesterday I got a chance to uh, speak with the therapist. It was just kind of an initial, you know, the initial meeting was the first time meeting. Um, so it was kind of funny because I, I ended up telling her the uh, the story, my story. So I kind of had to recap what I said to what I said to you guys from episode one. I went ahead and said it to her again yesterday. Kind of told her my whole background, uh, my whole story, and. Uh, it was a it was a decent experience. Uh, she she's a really uh, nice lady. She's uh, she definitely listens to you. I don't know how familiar you guys are with going to therapy or or having a therapist, but it's it's not you know Sigmund Freud tell me about your mother type lay on the couch you know hypnotize you or whatever. So it's really it's something I've I've liked doing for a long time. I've wanted to go for a long time, I guess I should say. Um, but I haven't really had the chance to, to go. And part of that is because therapy is expensive if it's not covered. Um, but going through the VA, it's covered, right? So they're taking care of that. Um, but it's good, man. I'm I'm enjoying the, you know, I'm enjoying the process so far. And, and she's a, she's a good lady. Uh, she's a nice, nice woman. She's, a uh, good listener, but it's it's funny because I've I've been to a couple of other therapists and it will be you know super short term, like two or three times. She talks back to you more than any other therapist so that I've had, and so I don't know if that's normal to have a therapist that that is very interactive and engaging verbally, um, but she is, and so I I think it's kind of a good fit, and I think it's pretty funny to have a therapist that's say, saying things back to me and kind of interacting with me it's it's more of a fun and interactive thing it's and uh one thing i her big takeaway from meeting me is i'm not an indoors job type person that i need to be working with people that's her big big takeaway is that uh a lot of my dissatisfaction and my sadness or unhappiness is coming from you know, not working with people, you know, we talked about boot camp, but she's like, uh, so as you're telling me that when you were, you know, in the military, the conditions sucked, uh, you were, you know, unhappy with the job, but you loved working with those guys and that camaraderie. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, so you're telling me when you went to uh, coding boot camp, you, the conditions sucked, uh, the work was not very rewarding, but, you know, in long hours and all that, but you, love the camaraderie and bonding with those guys. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you should be working with people. You know, she, she put, she put it together. And it, it's funny to me because having someone put it out there so blatantly, just like, you know, all the stuff you've been through, but you don't always connect your own dots. Like you're just, you're just leaving a trail of dots of who you are. And you don't always connect your own dots. Um, but having someone else's lay it out there for you, like, uh, you realize you're drawing this very specific picture, right? Um, it's kind of nice 
you know. Uh, it and it it does make it a little bit obvious when I tell her I'm, I'm like you know I'm not happy with work or whatever I'm not happy with what I'm doing, and she's exploring you know she's she's exploring that and going back and forth. And like I said, she's she's an interactive therapist. She told me um, she's like if you ever think I'm wrong about something, these are just my opinions. These are just my theories. If you ever think I'm wrong about something, just tell me to shut up. Tell me I'm wrong. And so, I don't know, she's a very blunt person, uh, very direct to the point person. And uh, if we get along great, she's like, all right, so what do you think? You want to come back? Do you like do you like working with me? You want to come back? And I'm like, yep, I can work with you. No, I'd be happy to come back and see you again. So I'm going to go back and see her in a couple of weeks. Um, two weeks from Friday, I'll go see her again. But it's uh, it's it's really, really interesting experience. She's a really interesting person. Um, I kind of get forward to looking at, wow, words. I kind of am looking forward to getting to know her as well because I think she's a, she's a real interesting, interesting human being. Um, you know, she asked me about making friends. She said, do you have any friends? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, and I started going down the list. And I was like, you know, now that I think about it, I've made a friend at every place I've ever been, at least one friend that's like a lifelong friend and that's that's actually really true which is crazy in a way i don't know if that's something that everybody can say especially some of these places i've only been at for a couple months um but that's not totally fair because uh when i was at the password place one of the lifelong friends he's the one who brought me in to that place and so i'm still a you know a a lifelong friend right that hasn't changed um so I didn't add any new lifelong friends there. But, you know, I've been fortunate enough to make friends pretty much everywhere I've gone. If I've been there any amount of time, I mean, coming out of the Navy, I have friends that are for life friends. You know, these these people are, they'll be here forever, right? You know, as long as, as, long as I need them, they're here. If I need to go out back in the chipper shredder and dispose of a, you know, nondescript sack of human-shaped waste they'll be happy to help me do it, you know? And if I, uh, if I need to hide out in Canada, I know someone who will usher me across the border. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, I got ride or die friends, friends for life, people that I've made friends for life just from being in the Navy. Um, and that was, that was such a positive reminder, you know? I, I just, I'm going to keep, working on building that positive inner dialogue and giving myself those positive reminders of myself being a good person. And it's not because like I want to feel big or important. It's because I want to stop feeling small and unimportant. I just want to feel normal, right? I don't want to feel like I'm fighting uphill all the time. And it's not all the time. And to be totally honest, it's coming around to being not uphill very as nearly as often, right? Almost infrequently, I'm feeling like I'm coming up a hill and it's more level ground. Um, but I think therapy is going to help with that because talking stuff out obviously does wonders for me. It helps me out. And the the beautiful thing about the podcast is that it's just raw me, my emotions, my feelings, my, what I'm going through, I guess, my figuring stuff out process. Uh, but therapy, I get feedback, you know, especially from someone who's so interactive like uh, like my therapist is. Um, and I've been kind of thinking about next steps. What can I do 
to keep that process going because now that I'm seeing positive results from these small things, I'm really excited and, and interested and intrigued in doing bigger things or just more things, not necessarily bigger, but I'd like to do more. I want to start uh, getting into the gym. You know, I know physical appearance is uh, not necessarily a major thing on my list. I've lost a bunch of weight. I've talked about that. Um, but I just want to build physical fitness into my routine. And I, I kind of like this idea of having a mental health and physical health routine. You know, because right now for my diet, in terms of what I'm eating, I have a routine, right? I have a specific window. And, you know, I'm still struggling with sleep. I don't know if you guys can tell I'm tired, but I'm still struggling with sleep on a pretty regular basis. Um, and I've tried a couple of things to help me fall asleep, which has worked so far, but I haven't uh, been able to stay asleep. I tend to wake up around 2, 3 in the morning every single time. Um, and I've kind of been wondering, and, and depending on how bad it is, right? So I could, I could wake up at three and be up till four, four thirty-five, and then I'll get like an hour of sleep after that, and so that kind of crushes my day and makes it really difficult. Um, so that kind of sucks. But you know, sometimes I wake up at two thirty and I'm back asleep by three, and I still get three hours of sleep. So it's like no big deal, right? It, it feels like not that big of a deal. Last night was more like the up 30 minutes thing. So it wasn't that bad. Um, but I was dead asleep when my alarm went off this morning, which is rare. Um, and so that was a tough one getting up this morning. So I need to figure out a way to get my, my body into some kind of a rhythm and get it used to this and, and help. I think if the more tired my body is, the less able my mind is to intrude and like wake the body up at random times. We're not super random, but for random reasons. And um, I think a, f a physical fitness routine will help me with that, especially if I could do something with like a bunch of cardio and kind of get myself physically exhausted. Because obviously the work that I do, I'm not getting myself physically exhausted. And if I, maybe, you know, maybe I'll be fortunate and be able to work with uh, this uh, baseball team, with this head baseball coach. I haven't heard back from him yet, by the way. So there's a small update there. I haven't heard back from the sales guys either. I sent them both. Uh, I sent the sales guy my, uh, he asked for a 200 word sales pitch on me to sell me. Maybe I'll read it to you guys, but um, in short, I just told him that I had a pretty poor start in life, a pretty poor beginning, but I've managed to make successes of my life anyways to this point. Um, and that my success story is sort of in its peak and I want, and, uh, I want my story to include their company. So, I mean, that was the short of the, of what I wrote to them. And, you know, I just followed up, uh, with a text to the coach, uh, head coach yesterday and just said, Hey coach, just wanted to let you know that I'm still interested. I'm still thinking about what I can do to help the, help the club, I'm just reaching out to let you know that I'm still excited about this and let me know when we can meet. And obviously from there, I'm just going to let it sit. I'm in wait for him to, you know, reach back out to me, fingers crossed, right? Um, but it's encouraging, right? That that was encouragement. And that felt good to have him reach out to me in the first place. And it lets me know that, you know, maybe there's other non-traditional ways because that's what we've talked about, right? For me, it's going to have to be 
a non-traditional path to get into doing the stuff that I want to do. And I mean, I'm going to have to get there. I have to because nine to five stuff's not working for me. And sales, you know, might just be right. And, and it's something that I'm going to try to pursue because I think if I come at it from the right approach and the company really is as good as my friend says it is, then I would love to go in there and sell because my, my friend does managed IT services. And so I would love to go in and sell that, that, you know, my friend's the one going to come in and do the work. And I know a lot about IT. I mean, I ran my own IT business for seven years and I did, uh, you know, I worked at a, at a small place doing technically IT, but it was called a network admin. And then I worked for the city of Oakland doing IT work for them. And so I'm, it's something I'm quite familiar with on top of having, you know, the gift of gab and the ability to, to potentially sell. Right. And so that's something I want to, I want to make happen. I think I can make it happen. I think I'd be pretty good at it. And I, I'm anxious to make that a full-time thing, uh, mainly because of the flexibility and the, and the ability to flex my abilities. And also to help propel my friend. And, you know, this company is small. It's a startup place. And, you know, it's part of why they would even consider bringing somebody like me on on a suggestion where I don't have a long history of sales. Uh, but I, you know, what I've been able to do through these connections that I have is, you know, make a, make a meeting happen. You know, make an opportunity happen. And just because of that connection, that opportunity, I'm now, you know, I'm now having a dialogue with the guy who's making the decision or I'm, I'm at the place where I'm having a dialogue or I was at least introduced to having a dialogue to where the rest is up to me, you know, and that we could beat that expression to death about it's not what you know, it's who you know. But it's just, here's a reminder for those, you know, that, that that's just extremely true because the first job I got in software, I made some really good friends. Then those friends vouched for me at these next two jobs I've had in software. So, you know, the uh, they they got me in the door. Like, the, the second job I got at the password place... I just skipped the interview. Not only did I know the guy who recommended me, who was the team lead, and I was going to be on his team, the guy who interviewed me was our former supervisor at the previous company. He had also gone to this company. And so when I walked in for the quote-unquote technical interview, we sat down alone in a conference room, and he's like, hey... Let me tell you a little about this place so you know if you really want to work here. <laughs> and, you know, so the, the who you know stuff isn't just like, it can be as small as my my friend Javi um, introducing me to his boss. But it can be as in-depth as we're going to usher you through this hiring process and get you hired on ASAP. And you know, I got hired on ASAP at that, at that place. And so I feel fortunate to have made this connection. Um, I'm going to try to make the most of it. 
and I'm going to see if I can make a turnaround here, guys. I'm I'm really anxious at this point. Anxiously waiting to make this next step. And so right now, the difficulty for me, what I'm personally going through right now is this frustration and concept of waiting for something to happen because I've already put my pieces in motion. Um, and so now I'm just waiting. And waiting is the worst, right? I mean, if if they take two or three days or four days to get back to me, if I don't hear anything back from anybody until Friday, in the meantime, I'm going to lose my mind, right? Not literally, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, not literally, obviously, but I'm going to have a long three or four days because I'm the one waiting without any information. And they've got lives. They've got things they're doing. They're busy. They're decision makers for a reason, right? They're in charge of things. They have stuff going on. Um, and for the head baseball coach, this guy, uh, he's a head baseball coach, right? He's passionate about baseball. He played baseball. He's been coaching for years. And now he's a head, head coach for years. Um, I know a little bit of his background. So he's passionate about baseball, right? You know, so he's doing his passion already. He he's didn't get off track in his life. He got to a point where he knew what he wanted to do, and he's been doing that the entire time. So um, he's passionate about what he's doing, and he's in charge of stuff. So he's focused on that, which is fine. It's just hard on the other end, waiting. And the same thing about this uh, the sales guy. He's actually one of the co-founders of this company. I told you, it's a, it's a small company. The lead sales, it's a startup. The lead sales guy is a co-founder. And so he's busy and he's passionate about his company, obviously, right? Because he co-founded it and he's doing what he wants to be doing. He found his thing. Ah, coffee. Still piping hot, by the way. So apologize for the slurping. Um, so he's busy, right? He's a co-founder of a company. He's busy, but he, he's doing his passion and he's also probably trying to generate sales. And so for him, the story that I've been hearing from Javi is that he hasn't been able to allow himself to stay focused on just sales that he's been focusing on uh, a little bit of operations as well. He can't help but put his poke his nose back into the operations side of things uh, because he's a founder. He's a co-founder, right? He's a founder. So he doesn't want to forget about running the overall business, but he would probably like to remove the stress of sales from himself and offload that, right? But that's where I could come in and help. You know, I'm I'm definitely not shy enough <laughs> to walk into uh, businesses and cold call and knock on doors, right? Like that was my first job when I was 13 years old. I got over being shy quick when it came to knocking on doors and doing cold calls. Um, I'm not a phone call, email type person when it comes to sales. It's just not my thing. I'm really good at reading people, um, reading the mood, reading the scenario, getting a feel for people, knowing when to ebb and flow. And, and that all comes from my interaction with them in person. But I think there are very few people on this planet who are as skilled as I am in that regard, right? I know that when I walk in to a room to sell myself or sell something, there are a few people who can make a connection and put that sale in as easy a mode as I can, right? Like, and I don't mean like it's easy mode, I'm going to get the sale, but in a way I do mean that. What I mean is 
the sale the sales atmosphere air quotes is easy we're more just talking as people that happen to be talking about a product or a service and we're not necessarily um on a sales call or in a sales meeting so i know that i'm good at that and i've i've had to do that in my life you know i've had to sell my way out of things right oh i goofed and now i want to talk my way out of it that's i mean that's sales you know you're selling you're selling a, a notion or a concept um you know and i've had to I've done, you know, door-to-door sales. Like I said, I did that for, uh, when I was 13, I did that for a summer. And then when I was 15, I did that for all, off and on for about eight eight or nine months. Um, and that was door-to-door, you know, interrupting people at their home. So at the business, it's a little bit less uh, personal, you know. And you learn some lessons going door-to-door too. I mean, for one, the no soliciting sign doesn't matter, doesn't apply. I'm not selling anything. Just that's all you say. I'm not selling anything. I'm offering you a, you know, a discount on a subscription to a newspaper. I'm not selling anything. And so, excuse me, another sip of coffee. Um, so you say, yo, I'm not selling anything. I'm not selling anything. And that's kind of that's kind of what I'd be doing here too. I'm not technically soliciting, right? Well, I guess I technically am. But I'm not selling anything. I'm just walking in with an idea. Hey, we do managed IT services. I um, mean, it's something I'm comfortable with, right? It's something that I feel good about doing. And I want to I want to get that chapter started. And so right now I'm just walking through all of the things that I will be doing in my day-to-day. You know, I'm getting myself ready to go... Uh, help coach a baseball team mentally, right? What are the drills that we're going to run through? You know, what, you know, I'm going to have to throw BP and I'm going to have to talk about footwork and assess player, player skills and mostly help set up, right? A, a lot of times when you do assistant coaching, you're just setting up stuff, right? You're like, go put up the L nets, go, you know, get the bats out or go get the gloves or go get the equipment or go get the water. You're just helping to set up. I might have to lead stretching or, you know, stuff like that. And, and that's fine. I'm ready for all that stuff. But that's what I'm saying. I'm mentally going through all these checklists because I'm ready to get started and I'm anxious. And it's good in a way because I'm not lamenting about my job, but it's negative in a sense that I'm ready and anxious to make that step. And I'm having a, I've always had a super difficult time being patient. And that's a huge part of why you know, I dropped out of high school. I, I told you guys the story that when I was 14, I kind of stopped wondering or I kind of started wondering what's the point of me sitting here for six, seven hours a day when I could I could be here for like two or three and still get an A. And so I started really feeling like it was a time suck. And then, I, so I just stopped going. I stopped going altogether flunked all of my classes and had to retake freshman year. I had to redo freshman year. Um, Then I was already kind of like, oh man, I'm not doing this again. I'm not going through this crap. And I was, I had gone, uh, I had cut science class my first period of the day for two weeks straight, came back had a pop quiz and got a B and that was the final straw for me because if school is so easy or if they're going to be so mindless about it, 
that I can just be gone for two weeks and come back and get a B. That's, this is like, this is not for me. This institution is not for me. And I was right, but for the wrong reasons, you know, and I, but, and I was just being impatient. I couldn't just sit through the day doing nothing. I mean, obviously going back, I would have just sat my, my silly behind down. Now my school didn't have a baseball team, but, um, they had a football team. I was on the freshman football team for a few months. Uh, I missed a practice and, uh, they kicked me off the team and that was kind of a bummer as well. But overall, it was just the the pace, right? And I just wasn't patient enough to deal with that. And if I could go back, I'd sit myself down. And, uh, you know, even if I had still missed that that practice, I would have just told Coach, look, hey, it's a mistake. It's a one-time thing. I would have gone back, pleaded my case. And then, you know, most likely because of the freshman football team, they would have let me on the squad. Because I could have played football for at least, you know, during my high school years. Um, and I could have just crushed crushed grades and got got straight A's, right? <laughs> I hope you guys heard that. The little pun there. I could have crushed A's because I was on the football team. Yeah. Um <laughs> Right, I'm not a dad. I don't do dad jokes, obviously. But, you know, I could sit myself down and go back and do those things. I would have just said Patience is a good skill to have anyways. You're going to be waiting in life for things. Um, and so I'm not, I, my patience isn't really well developed. I've, I've never been good at waiting for things. I'm always looking to make stuff happen. And I, as someone like an ENFP or slash ENTP or ENFP-T, I tend to evaluate a lot of processes. It's just natural for me to look at the way things move and flow and then I ask myself, how can this be improved? And so a lot of times I'm sitting in a room and I have, you know, I have a quote appointment at one and I'm waiting for two hours to see somebody. And I'm like, that's inefficient, you know, or um, one time I went to a doctor's office and I had a, an appointment at one. I came in and um, at like 1245 or whatever, checked in, sat down one, one o'clock, one o'clock comes. I'm like already looking at my wrist, like, come on. This is unprofessional. One fifteen. I'm like, this is what is this? You know, they're fifteen minutes late. No one's even come and check on me. And I'm like stewing about. It. All right, fine. Fifteen whole minutes go by again. Now it's one thirty, and I go to the nurse's desk, and I'm like, how come I haven't been called to see a doctor? And she's like, well, sorry, we're behind. And I'm like, that's bull. That's bull crap. Look, all these people are sitting here waiting to see a doctor. You know, it's already hard enough for us to get time off. It's already hard enough for us to to drag our sorry selves to a doctor and it, and you want to pretend like, Oh, you just fell behind. Well, the re the reality is you overbooked because, because you took into account the percentages of cancellations and you didn't get any cancellations today. So you're behind. You're not, Oh, you overbooked. You didn't just fall behind. And she's like, sure. I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to have to ask you to sit down. And I'm like, just cancel my appointment. This is ridiculous. And I was so ticked off at the whole notion that I had been treated like cattle, you know, which it still bothers me. That, that, that notion still bugs me. It's not like doctors don't make enough in this country, right? You know what I mean? They make 300, you pay them $300 an hour or whatever, and they have to double book just to make sure that, they're, that their full eight-hour day is worth their while. Like, that's, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Like, you know, I know they're paying employees and they're probably paying the least, but like, 300 bucks an hour and they're seeing, you know, and they're seeing two people an hour. 
You know what I mean? They're seeing you every half hour. So I, I mean, you know, they're seeing 16 people and they're probably charging each one of their insurance for the full hour, which is what your appointments at one, even if you get in at one you're seeing the nurse, they're probably tacking that on, right? That's doctor time. You see the nurse for 10 minutes and you wait for 10 minutes and the doctor's in for five minutes and then you wait for 10 minutes and the nurse comes back in for 15 minutes to actually do the stuff the doctor said. You see the doctor for five, 10 minutes. They book in, they book out, and they're just boom, boom, boom in different rooms. They're probably billing everybody's insurance for the full hour. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they're they're billing 16 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? They're billing, like, $4,500 a day. You know what I'm saying? Do the math on that, right? They're billing over $4,500 a day. And, and I got to sit and wait for you when you could just dial that number down. Just cut it down by a little bit. You know, spread these out and actually spend time with these patients. Maybe spend somewhere close to 20, 30 whole minutes asking someone what's going on in their life and what's wrong. But it's this money grab, you know what I mean? They can make, they can make 4500 gross 4500 a day. And so they're like, oh man, I got bills. I got to pay the lease on this place and I got to pay my employees and I got to keep the lights on and, you know, I got to buy new uh, lab coats or whatever. But it's... This is, NFP in me is like, I'm, I'm sitting here doing that math, you know, and I'm like, I'm sitting in places stewing about the process. Like, this is bad. This is dumb. This could be improved. This should be improved. You know, I'm unhappy with the, with the result of my experience. And it's not because of anything I'm doing. It's because of other people's unwillingness to think or adjust or move in a way that would help us all out. You know, it's all a money grab or it's all a meat grinder. Let's just get these kids through here and, you know, let's make it happen. The state, the state says school's supposed to be seven hours and no one ever thinks about any other form of education. And there are, I mean, there's very, very few alternative learning schools in the world today, which is crazy because we're fed that, that concept that we should all think and act and learn the same way from a very young age. And that's just not the case. So I guess I'm just doing a lot of complaining today. I think I'm pretty sure that this is just uh, me complaining about things not being the way I want them to be or not moving at a pace that I want them to move. Um, but that's a you know again that's that's the 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 ENP at all are dreamers, forward thinkers. Um, you know we think about how things can be improved and how things can and will be better in the future. Oh, and, and a lot of times we we're drawn to technology because technology kind of is a, is a peek into the future. Um, which, which I am, I am drawn to technology. I think it's pretty cool that we can, you know, charge our phones, you know, air quote wirelessly. But, um, you know, I can, I can cast, I can stream from my phone to my TV and I can turn my TV on with my phone, with my voice even. So there are some cool features that I really, I like, and there are some things in life that are, that are cool technologically, but people still driving cars. That's crazy to me. That's actually, that just boggles my mind that people still drive cars. I read a statistic yesterday. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, at, well, maybe a, a work acquaintance. We'll see. Um, about you know he he knows I have strong opinions about things. He said, "What do you think about uh, autonomous vehicles, autonomous cars?" And I was like, "Well, I think it's you know the wave of the future. I think we're going to be all 
riding around in autonomous cars. And I, I even told my son recently, I don't think that anybody will actually own a car because there will just be a network of cars that come around and pick you up when you need. And it's like, why would you ever own it? And then driveways and garages will go away. And we had this whole long conversation of what the future would look like without, you know, without owning a car, with no one owning a car. Um, but so I looked up, uh, what is it? What is it? Wego? Waymo? Waymo. Waymo is the company uh, that, that's owned by Alphabet. And Alphabet is, is Google's parent company. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago, but Google branched off of itself and they created a parent company called Alphabet to, to oversee all of their different operations. And Waymo is an Alphabet company um, that does um, driverless cars, autonomous vehicles. They're using like Chrysler Sebrings. They're like minivans. And they're, they've actually been doing test runs in Phoenix. They, they've been doing a taxi service in Phoenix. It's totally free because it's, they're testing it. But the residents of Phoenix, like, they get rides to school or to work or to the gym or whatever um, by these driverless taxis. And so that was really cool. Um, and I totally lost my train of thought. Other than, uh, you know, I know that I think it's a, it's a big deal. So anyways, ah. So I start looking at uh, statistics, and one of the stats is uh, 94% of all the car crashes, which was, or sorry, car fatalities, automobile fatalities, which was like 33,000. So it's like one in a thousand people died in 2014 from a car crash, like one in a thousand, which is a lot. You know what I mean? That's like a lot. Anything that kills one out of a thousand people, because there's so many people. It's not like the world is a million people. You know, the world is, I don't know, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's not a lot. Maybe car crashes don't even represent that much fatalities. But it feels like a lot. One in a thousand people died from a car crash last year in in the United States. 94% of those fatalities are from um, driver error. 94%. No freak accidents. No, you know, only six percent are from like freak accidents or like malfunctions of the vehicle or or weather conditions. Ninety four percent were drunk driving, um, speeding. They counted speeding, which was I forget the percentage. Speeding speeding made up like a percent a percentage of it, but it wasn't the highest. Drunk driving, speeding, distracted, which they showed texting, um, and then tired. So even if you don't count speeding, let's just say you break them down equally because like speeding could be to say that to say for sure that speeding is the cause of death, that could be that stat could be stretched, right? But people who had alcohol on them or were texting or, or doing other things while they were getting an accident or they were, you know, were hella tired night shift or had been you know, didn't didn't sleep for a couple of days or whatever, those things could be verified. Okay, so let's break it down evenly. Ninety percent. Oh man, don't make me do live math. Um, so that's twenty-two and a half percent per thing, right? So if you take away, um, if you take away, well, speeding, which I said could be manipulated. Let's take away speeding. So you're down to, let's take away ninety-four. Let's take away twenty-four percent. You're down to seventy percent. So seventy percent of all the fatalities in the in the United States were because of human error. For reals, like 70% for reals. And it's just crazy to me. It's like, okay, well, a machine, um, you know, a computer will never be tired or drunk 
or distracted. You know, so it's very obvious to me. Okay, well, even if the machine only cuts down, only cuts down a quarter of the error error death, you know, it's like 20%, you know, 17.5% of of those deaths. And if you're saying close to 20% of 32,000 people, right, so 1,600 people live. It's just from 2014. 1,600 more people don't die. That's a lot, man. So, you know, here we are on a total tangent as always. I should change the name of the of the of this podcast to tangenting some stuff out. For, you know, working from tangent to tangent. This is what my mind does though. It's like, it's crazy because inside of my head, it's just nonstop with this. Like all these like theoretical thoughts of what could be happening or what is happening, what's moving in the world, what's what's up next, what's going to go next. That's always happening in my head, and that's part of why sitting still in an office is really tough for me. Because I can't go very, very long. I, can't, I have a hard time going from minute to minute without thinking about the next thing. Oh, what's next? What's cool? What's interesting? What's exciting? Let's talk about stuff. Let's figure some stuff out. Let's have a conversation. Let's meet and greet and enjoy. And that's who I am, and I, I, I really dig talking to people. Um, but yeah, so in the meantime, I'm impatiently waiting for some responses. You know, I never learned the skill of patience is the, the real point. And I can be a little bit scatterbrained, which at time being distractible is good, right? It takes away your mind from, uh, from, from what the current boring or uninteresting situation is or being impatient, you know, and allows me to uh, be distracted, which can be a good thing. That can definitely be a real, a real positive. You know, it's something that I'm definitely happy to have my mind not on all the things all the time. Uh, so that's good. But I want to be able to make progress. And so today I'm really struggling. And I'm pretty sure you guys can tell by me talking by this particular uh, episode that I'm struggling with waiting. And I, I really don't have an answer for this one, guys. I don't have a an anecdote to help me figure out how to be patient or get patient. You know, uh, my wife, Joe. Yesterday, I call her Joe. Her name's Joanne. I just call her Joe. Um, my wife Joe's a butch man. He's actually a man with a big mu- mustache. Um, so my wife Joanne, Joe, uh, she she's a patient person. She she has patience for for more things than I do. Um, and she's like, babe, these people have lives. They're busy. You know, they're doing stuff. Just give it some time. You know. And I'm like, I know, I know. And she's telling me, like, just be patient. And so I'm like, I don't like being patient. I don't want to be patient. Don't tell me to be patient. And she's like, what are you going to do? You got to be patient. You can't do anything. Just wait. They'll either get you or they won't. You just wait. And I'm like, uh, whatever. I don't want to wait. I think I think waiting and being patient is for chumps. And she's like, what do you, how is being patient, you know, for chumps? And I'm like, I'm telling her that. Being patient for chumps because people who wait for things are suckers, you know? Like like if I was the doctor in the doctor's office, I'm not waiting to see a doctor. I am the doctor, right? So I don't wait at the doctor's office. The patient's waiting there, the chumps. And so this is my perspective. And I, obviously, I know it's it's not the most 
mature perspective to have on being patient. But this is this is my perspective on being patient. So this is, you know, side note, this is who she has to deal with. This guy will argue about the concept of patience and its validity in life. Um, so in other words, she's lucky. She's lucky to have me because I will argue with her about being patient. So you guys should applaud her. Great luck for having a husband like me. She's a super, super lucky gal. And uh, babe, when you listen to this podcast later, I hope you remember this conversation that I said this and uh, you forgive me because <laughs> I don't want to die tonight. I don't want to die in my sleep or anytime. I don't want to die. I'm not ready for that. Um, but yeah, so I, as as I keep going over and over, I am struggling with the weight right now and I'm <laughs> the W-A-I-T and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to a point where I have enough stuff to do to keep me busy, to keep me occupied, that I don't feel that way. But also, if I feel like I'm doing something that's satisfying enough, I don't think I'll be as impatient, right? If I'm coaching every day, um, that's quite satisfying. And if I if I roll into the sales job with the right attitude and, I, and I'm able to, you know, shine in that regard, that's the... Uh, that's the, I think, the positive attitude that I should have and, and be able to bring to the table. And I think I can excel in both those things. Um, by the way, the, co- the coaching thing is a non-paid thing. I told you guys this. And also, uh, the sales job would be uh, a pay cut and by, by pretty significant margin if, I'm, if my estimation is right. So what we're trying to figure out, I told you guys I'm trying to figure out how to make the, uh, the financial situation work. Um, the way that I'm going to try to make that happen is by um, delivering food and groceries in my off time, in my spare time. So if I end up with a base pay on the sales job that's significantly less than my current base pay, which my current base pay is nice, but there's also no commission on my current base pay because it's not a sales job. Um, but if if even my overall net pay, I mean, it could be, seriously, guys, it could be less than half of what I'm making right now. Um. And so I'm going to have to fill that gap. And so because I'm passionate about baseball and I'm, I want to make that work, coaching work, and I'm passionate about working with my, my very good friend, Javi, um, I'm probably going to supplement my income by when I have time going around and doing Instacart, DoorDash, Postmates, um, and just doing those in my area because, you know, I got to make this work. I can't. I would rather bust my butt with four or five different hustles going on, at least enjoying myself, right? Like driving around my local area, dropping off groceries and doing grocery shopping for other people is not going to kill me. It's not going to break my heart. You know what I'm saying? Do I love it? Nah. But is it going to break my heart? No. And at least I'm moving about. I can sit in the car, listen to the radio, uh, you know, listen to music. And I, I'm my own boss, basically, right? I can pick up stuff when I have the time. But if I can put a few hours a day into picking up groceries and stuff like that. And at the same time, um, you know, uh, get to coach and do some sales and pop into some stores and make some things happen. I'm all about that. You know, by the way, guys, shameless plug here, but you know, this particular episode is brought to you by jobsformedics.com. That's J-O-B-S, the number four, medics, M-E-D-I-C-S.com. Um, the reason for the shameless plug is because that's my website. It's something I'm trying to get started on the side. Um, I have some, here's a quick sales pitch. I've got some, uh, some connections in the 
medical industry to where I could help people get placed in jobs um, around the country. Anywhere, anywhere in the U.S., I can help place people who are looking for jobs in the medical profession, right? Tech, uh, medical tech, mostly nurses, um, a couple of uh, surgeons assistants, tech stuff like that. Uh, but there's a big desire to start placing these medical people. And obviously, there would be commission involved in it for me if I could place somebody um, in a job. And it's something I'd like to do. I would love for that to be something that I do on a more regular basis because – Again, it's a, it's more or less a sales job. I'm selling these people to these jobs, but it's like I'm selling a human being. And that's something that's like, that's a product, air quotes, that I can get behind. I can get behind selling a person as a person. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in humans. I like people, you know. Um, and what I would want, what I would do, my service is like top to bottom. Uh, I review your resume, cover letter. I help you with interview skills because I have great interview skills. Like just straight up and down, I have great interview skills. I've I've had, I'm trying to think of the number, close to 15 interviews in my life, somewhere plus or minus in that in that range. I've had around 15 total interviews, maybe more. Um, interviews in my life. I've only ever gotten to an interview, and I'm not counting like like when I went to the city of Oakland, I had like three interviews. I'm not counting that as three interviews. That's just one. But I've interviewed for more than 15 positions in my life, and I've only not gotten offered a job on one of those ever. And I honestly don't remember which one. I just know that my, re- my record has a blemish. So I'm really good at interviewing because I'm a sales guy, right? I walk in, I sell myself. They can't say no, right? And except for the one time. And so I've been really successful with that. And so I know how to translate those, those skills. So also because I have a coach's mentality, I know how to explain to people that concept and how to make them successful in an interview setting. Um, and I know how to write resumes. I'm good at writing resumes. I know what business people want to see on a resume. I know the structure and format that they want to see. Um, so it's something I think would be kind of fun as a side project is something that I could, uh, I could see myself doing. So, Hey, if anybody listening knows anybody looking for medical jobs, leave me a message on the, on the podcast, you know, or if you know me personally, text me or, you know, just reach out to me. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a hard person to find if you pay a little bit of attention. Coffee time. I exaggerated that for you guys. I did the, I exaggerated it so you know, like, oh, he took a long gulp of coffee. So you didn't feel like the few seconds of quiet time was a waste. I didn't want you to feel like you lost a few seconds, like you missed out on a few seconds of podcast. You got to enjoy that sip of coffee with me, right? I like, I transported you there. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm trying to make a lot of different things happen in a lot of different ways because I'm not a sit still guy, you know? And I am trying to make connections and put feelers out there to get in contact with um, medical professional schools, like medical training schools that like train nurses and stuff like that. Um, there used to be... Um, I just gave myself an idea that I need to contact the the head of a department of a local college here and uh, see if we can make something happen. Anyways, um, or the you know the RN program or whatever. Um, but there used to be trade schools um, right here in this area that would trade nurses, and so this that would be the type of place I would go to. 
Um, yeah, so I'm trying to make a lot of different things happen, and I need to make some connections. I, I have to have a lot of things moving just in general, just because of who I am, just because I don't like sitting still, and I want to make things happen. So I have passions, and I have dreams and goals and ideas and things like that, and I want to, I want to work on, on that. Um, but yeah, guys, today's sorry, it's not, not a super thick in terms of content or message driven day. I'm just sharing, you know, I, I said I was going to be committed to getting up and sharing every single day. And, you know, since we talk every day, how can I possibly have something new and profound to say every single day? Um, I don't, I mean, for me, the revelation is, Hey, you're not patient, which is not a revelation. You know, it's just, I'm not a patient person. I have some irons in the fire and I'm waiting to make some things happen. And I'm in wait mode. And I guess I wish I knew what to say about being impatient. If you're an impatient person, I think distractions are probably your best bet. If you have time to read a book, read a book. Oh, right. I'm going to go read a book today. Oh, right. I'll read a book today. Um, That's pretty much it. I'm, I'm going to read a book and enjoy my day the best I can going into work. Half my half my office is going to be out today. They're doing like a a meeting in a different office, and so the rest of us are the castaways, the the scavengers of the office will remain. So there won't be a ton of pressure. I can just sit and read a book <laughs> uh, while I don't have anything going on. So instead of just being bored, I'll I'll read a book, which is cool. Reading is fun and fundamental. I'll uh, I'll read a book. I'll learn some stuff. I'll wait to hear back from people, see if I get some information, come up with some new ideas. Um, and I'll just lean into my brain. You know, I'll lean into what I do, which is think, ponder, prospect the future, and see if I come up with any new or interesting or innovative ideas or something that, that will excite me. You know, oh, here's a fun one. Let's do this. How about this? Question for today. Why have batteries techno- why have the technology of batteries not advanced in like over a hundred years? And I don't mean the, the technology that we use within the battery, but the storage system itself is like we hold a charge in some like water and with with some conductive metal. Right? And the more conductive the metal, the better the battery is. But why has that not changed? That's really strange to me. Right? Hmm. Interesting. Think about that, guys. Why haven't batteries gotten better in so long? All right, guys. I'm figuring some stuff out. As you can tell from this episode, I am definitely figuring some stuff out. Um, If you were patient enough to sit through this one with me, I appreciate it. Um, Hopefully, I'll have more to report on tomorrow. I'll definitely have more interesting stuff to talk about either way. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, I'll be in touch uh, via this podcast, obviously. I'm Casey. I'm figuring some stuff out.